It's episode 270 of The Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture, and I'm your host, Brian Barnett. I'm Joshua Mobley, and my opinions are my own and not that of my employer. And I'm James. You'll hear more about me in a moment. Hey, hey, James. <laughs> Thank you for being our special guest uh, on this episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and people of all stripes, uh, we've invited James on to talk about one of his projects that he's been working on. Uh, so James, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what it is that you have made? Um, well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it took a while because uh, when we first started talking about this, I didn't have a website. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I do. It's up. You can go and look at it. Um so, uh, yeah, the, the reason I'm here, uh, for the last probably, it's more, more than three years now, I've been collecting uh, as many lists of like the greatest video games um, of whatever time, you know, sometimes they're all time lists, sometimes they're end of decade lists, end of year lists, and uh, aggregating them all and coming up with a... Uh, a master list of uh, the most critically acclaimed video games. Um, yeah, and uh, I've just recently launched a website for it. That's acclaimedvideogames.com. Um, so that's what I'm here to talk about. Cool. Yeah. Uh, a a mutual friend brought up uh, the site to me. Uh, Delphier, who's actually been on the show before. Um, and... I was fascinated because I think there's a really interesting idea. Obviously, being um, industry, you know, people being myself being a critic, uh, I'm very interested in kind of the broader consensus on games. And one of the things that, that grabbed me about this was there's a lot of talk in the community and in you know critic circles about objectivity in game reviews which is something which that doesn't like, exist. to a certain extent yeah which to to a certain extent is just impossible yeah uh, or very but, boring <laughs> yeah exactly like there there was there actually was i don't remember if it was a site or if it was an account or something like that but there was a, like objective game reviews uh thing i don't know if either of you remember that where it was no. just like this no, this game has three characters in it it <laughs> is a two-player game with and it was it was basically just a list of facts right yeah, yeah. Uh, about the yeah. game and it was it was i thought it was very funny but it basically the point that 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 like series was making is like people don't actually want objective game reviews yeah, yeah. they want informed game reviews and you know they they want they want to be able to you know trust what they're reading even when it comes you know with opinions but i thought that the 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 idea of of taking not not looking at games objectively but taking a step up and looking mm-hmm. at games criticism objectively yeah. as like as like in aggregate i thought was such an interesting idea yeah so e- even here <clears throat> 
Like it it seems objective in the sense that like it's all put together mathematically, but there are still just like value calls that I've had to make. Uh, so an example of that yeah. would be um, I've intentionally biased the list towards more recent lists. Um, I don't mean more recent as in the time period that it's uh, assessing, but as in the publication date. Um, and that's totally arbitrary. There, there was there was no necessity to that. It was it was just um, just a call that I made um, because you know I, I want to try and reflect the consensus, and um, I thought reflecting the current consensus was more important than any historical consensus. Um, yeah, but th- I mean, that's I, not that an objective thing. That makes sense to me you know? because like opinions change, but then new games come out and yeah. they. They like color or recolor like how you or, you know, people feel about a certain title, right? Like Mm -hmm. certain games that may have come out like in the 90s at the time, people might have thought like, oh, man, this is like the greatest thing ever. But then maybe it did not age very well, you know, like in terms of gameplay or whatever. And like some people might have a soft spot for it, but like it might not make it to lists you know, now mm. because people don't think of it the same way. Like they think, oh, this didn't age well at all. But I I mean, that makes sense to me, but I understand like, I understand yeah. what you're saying, but like also, yeah, it's because more, I think it's also just more games are coming out all the time at all times. And so top lists get harder to like put things in and like, what do you take out, right? Um, yeah. So it makes it, I think, a uh, uh, a little more uh like fair if if that makes sense because like obviously if you were going to take like mario 64 right that's going to show up on way more lists from the past because like they didn't have all the games we had now so like mario 64 to them would have been one of the greatest games of all time and i still think it is but like it's going to show up on more lists and thus it has like more of an unfair advantage i think so yeah, I think if you're trying to be like as scientific as possible, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. It does, um, but I suppose the the thought that I had when I when I did it is I would like for us to be able to change our mind a little more easily. Um, I don't want there to be you know the weight of like thirty years of overrating a game to overcome before that's corrected. You know, yeah. um, when the consensus shifts, it should should be able to adapt a little faster. Um, there is no advantage to games being older, by the way. Uh, the way the the way the formula works, um, that's just irrelevant, really. Um, you get sample size error with the more recent games. Um, just you know, there's, it's just lack of data, really. Uh, like for 2022 games, um, I've only got two all-time lists, and the rest of it is just end-of-year lists. So there's very little comparing those most recent games to, to older games. Um, there's there's no reason why they should end up... Um, like, there's nothing preventing them from, from being, like, first or, or, or last or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, there is a huge sample size error. Um, you know, it'll be corrected in time, of course, as, uh, as more lists come out. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. How interested are you in the, uh, in the mechanics of how it all works? It's, it's not particularly interesting um <laughs> i'm definitely gonna I, ask i don't know i'm i'm about 
more of that but i was gonna say i'm someone who gets interested in like how things work um from like a mechanical standpoint or like i used to also do some web design like in college and when i was growing up um Mm -hmm. so like i find like the mechanics of how people like solve issues like under the hood like really interesting even if i don't like get it you know uh but uh I don't know how Brian. <laughs> I don't know how Brian feels about that. He <laughs> might find it interesting, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I like it. One one thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to give. Uh, I do want to dig into that, but for our listeners, I wanted to actually read off um, a, a small sample of the list. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, just you know, maybe maybe give like the top ten just to give like an idea, uh, and then I wanted to talk about. Uh, just to further contextualize it, I wanted to talk about uh, the sources that you pulled from, and then I, I'm also interested in. Um, <clears throat> why why I did it would be interesting. <laughs> What's that? Why I did it would be interesting. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> I'm interested in that. Um, I mean, I that's funny because I might not have thought to ask that just because mm. I think that this just as an intellectual exercise is just inherently yeah, interesting. It, it just justifies that itself. Not, yeah. <laughs> that, that might just be a me thing and a you mm. thing, you know, that might not, you know, so yeah. I think the why is definitely, uh, definitely interesting. I'm also curious um, to know, I'm assuming that any further updates to this have to be manual, right? Like you have to, you have to see a new, um, a new, you know, list being created and then just either import or adjust everything just game by game, right? Uh, I, I import the lists manually, so I've I've written a program that sort of keeps track of all of this. So uh, okay. lists, I just, you know, I just enter them manually and then, you know, click calculate and it does the rest. Okay, cool. cool. Um, okay, so... Uh, for an example, so uh, this this last uh, update on the site it says was done twelfth uh, of March, twenty twenty three, uh, and the current top ten. Uh, I'm just going to read this uh, this little blurb up here. So this is again www.acclaimedvideogames.com. Uh, the most critically acclaimed video games of all time, based on more than three hundred and fifty critic lists from more than seventy publications. So. Here is the top 10 currently, the top 10 most acclaimed video games of all time, which we'll, we'll get into the difference between, we'll get into what, what acclaimed means and specifically what it means to you, James, uh, in a moment. But number one is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number two is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Number three is Tetris. Number four is Resident Evil 4. Number five is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Number six is Super Metroid. Number seven is The Last of Us. Number eight is The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Number nine is Super Mario 64. And number 10 is Half-Life 2. This feels like the game journalist starter kit. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Well, I mean, yeah, let's let's talk about that. So one thing I find really funny about this is that um, I I don't think many publications would have the guts to put Zelda games at one and two, and then another one at like seven or eight or whatever it is, like three yeah, Zelda games no. in the yeah. top ten. It's um, like that wouldn't happen, but uh, collectively, con- that's what they've come up with. Especially considering like everyone has a different favorite of that series. Like, 
Yes. You know, yeah. and if your favorite is Link to the Past, you're going to scoff at the fact that someone's like Ocarina of Time is way better, right? Or like Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild is way better. Uh, and someone like might be like, no way, it's way better because of, you know, the way I feel, you know, specifically. <laughs> If your favorite game's in the top ten, I wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My my number one my number one favorite game of all time is number six on the list, which like oh, really? I think is wait wait what, is what, excellent. It's what was Super that? Metroid. Oh, good pick, so, good pick. So <laughs> I so I keep I keep going back and forth and waffling. So what I typically tell people is I have two favorite games of all time, and it's a tie between Super Metroid and Baldur's Gate Two, okay. which I think are both perfect games they're just totally different in their scope and in what they're trying to do and in you know how they go about doing it but i mm-hmm. uh, you know based on whatever day of the week uh it is you know i might i might tell you a different thing my favorite uh, game only ever shows up on like top gamecube games you should play like lists because it's a game that no one except for like people who are around you know like at my age like have played and even then a lot of them haven't you know, played it, which is Eternal Darkness, and yeah, I was about to say it's that like <laughs> that that cla- that classic yeah, game. It's and it's a great game, but it is one of those things where it's like it's locked on this one system, and will probably never ever get any sort of re-release just because of like who the who the fuck at this point even knows who owns the rights like to that. I'm sure it's Nintendo, and they probably aren't going to yeah. touch it with a 10 foot pole because they think like no one will care or whatever i would care but um i only ever see that game show up on like best gamecube games of all time and even then sometimes it might not show up because even people who are super into the gamecube like might not have uh, even played it you know is is this eternal darkness sanity's requiem mm-hmm yeah, I've got it in six lists so far. It actually has appeared on some best games of all time. Actually, it's one, two, three. It's appeared on five best games of all time lists. Well, there you go. So See, you go. somebody knows. Should, <laughs> hey, hey Josh, you've got some be. representation here. I know, a little bit. I, hey, I, I like most of the top ten games. It's it's there. Yeah. It's it's 347th on the website. So. Well, there you go. Oh, there you go. Uh but yeah, I like yeah, I I, I think the only game that I'm I don't even dislike it. I'm just lukewarm on it would be Half-Life. Um and that's just mm. because I didn't play it around when it came out and everyone was like this is the the new thing and the greatest thing of all time because by the time I played it, I was like I've done this before. Why does everybody think this is so good? You know, it's like one of those instances. Yeah. So like I kind of missed the the window to be one of those people that was like obsessed with that game. But like, I get why people think the way they do about it, but I just do not have that feeling towards it. Whereas like all the other games on the list are games that I either grew up playing or understand why they're there. Like I I understand why breath of the wild is there because it's just phenomenally good. And like, yeah, you know, uh, in in a world where you know uh open world games were getting old and stale and i would i would say are mostly old and stale it like uh it's like a it's no pun intended but like a huge breath of fresh air into that genre where it's like nintendo it's like oh we're gonna make a, an open world game and by the way we're gonna like re uh 
redefine what this entire genre is like by going back to like one of our earliest games and just really learning lessons from it and it's like super fascinating um yeah and then you get things like elden ring coming out of that too like that experimentation um which is number 20 on the list there you go which is which is awesome to see as a huge fan of elden ring so one i have to ask james what's your favorite game of all time i've got two um what's up with all these people with their two games a man a man after my own heart (laughs) refusing to choose oh my god it's it's too difficult right like yeah um i I think two is like how how do you even get two like surely there's more than that right um but uh one of them is ocarina of time so very happy with that being placed second Uh, the other one is um uh morrowind um Ah. which is, is top 100 but uh it it deserves to be a lot higher, uh, I think. Another game um, I totally missed the boat on because by the time I, again, no pun intended, uh, but like, uh, that was one of those games where like I played Elder Scrolls Four first, and mm. then I had like, oh, I have expectations for how this runs, and then when you get into Morrowind, you're like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> it's like way more complicated and does not hold your hand, like in any way shape or form uh morrowind doesn't and so like i felt like just totally lost and i was like eh, i don't know about this and i never really picked it up but i've heard so many people talk about like how great it is that's really interesting because yeah oh go ahead uh landing in a world and getting absolutely no instructions on what to do like it um is very strange uh, most games make it very clear what the game is about and what you're here to do right from the outset but morrowind's got just like you're free go go do stuff mm-hmm. um yeah. and i've had a lot of people just be like but why why would i do stuff <laughs> like what's yeah. what's yeah. going on here you know um but if you do get past that it's uh it's excellent yeah i remember um th- there are a lot of people that i know that are big into elder scrolls and morrowind is like their like that's like the golden goose i like, that is that is the the standard i remember mm-hmm. playing it at IGN for capture. It was like many, many years later. And I remember thinking like, wow, I actually really like that. It doesn't just tell me where to go. Um, Mm. because you have to, it'll, you know, cause you'll get like a quest and it's like, this dude lives on this street in this town, like third house, you know, on the left. And you have to actually like look in the environment. I have to find the third, you know, the third house on the left on this street, and there's the guy he lives here like it's not just like where's the dot you know on the map i have to go there yeah. okay yeah. great now i'm here you don't feel like you've participated really like in the in the world so to speak one thing i love about things like that is um it it, it feels like the characters themselves have lived in the world like of course they know the instructions in, on how to get to places like in modern games yeah. they'll just be like oh oh it's here but th- there's no thought into like put into um like how that would actually work you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah uh, like in real life you don't the, have quest markers and <laughs> quest markers and stuff like that have have taken some of the fun and discoverability out of out of games and i, I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that that morrowind kind of drops you in like that i have not played uh, morrowind my first uh, elder scrolls game was uh, was oblivion and i bounced off of that like incredible oh my quickly. god i was obsessed then, with that game see skyrim is the one that i fell in love skyrim with. skyrim i do and love then, but you know, 
but uh, but I think I think it's interesting because Breath of the Wild is is a modern game that kind of does that same thing where they just kind of drop you in and there is a little bit of like oh you need to conquer these three shrines and come back to me but like that's only if you went and talked to the old dude by the fire like if you didn't do that you could have just run off and fought somebody and done something else and figured out you know that sort of a thing on your own and uh that's that's one of the reasons that that sort of discoverability and just putting you into a space that has set rules that it's up to you to discover and to do what you will with i think is one of the reasons why breath of the wild is resonates so strongly with so many people if you don't go and talk to the old man it's still a fun game like yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to follow that path at all yeah and i think that that freedom is is where a lot of the best game design comes from and i feel like that's you know i feel yeah. like that pro- is probably why you see zelda games up high is because like it, you know yeah that's I- that's a value that Nintendo has. I am. Mm-hmm. So I got recently, I was able to get um, like last week, they put out that the uh, Switch N64 controller again. And so I was able to get one. And so I've been replaying Ocarina of Time on my Switch. And that used to be like when I was a kid, like 10 or 11, that was like my favorite game of all time was Ocarina of Time. And so I've played it so many times that like I sort of remember where to go, but I'm actually like struck by how um, open it kind of is like at a lot of times, like you can just kind of go places and you might not be able to do anything there yet, but in very much like Breath of the Wild fashion, it's like, yeah, you can go to Milan, you know, you can go to the Lon Lon Ranch when you're an adult, but if you didn't learn, you know, uh epona's song as a kid like you have to go back in time get the song come back and do the whole you know rigmarole to do that um but you don't have to do that at all you don't have to have a horse like through the whole game if you don't want to it's an optional thing really you don't have to no you don't have to get a pony at all i always do too because it makes getting around faster um but like, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's like optional quests and weird secrets to to find and do. And it's like, yeah, you can go get all the skull uh, tulas or whatever they're called. Like, you don't have to, but that's how you unlock like Rumble and stuff. Um, yeah. And like, there's all these little things. And it it around when I got Epona and I like finished the Forest Temple, I was kind of like, man, this game is a lot smarter and. Uh, like modern feeling than i remember like it there's i think there's a reason we all like really loved it back in the day and it's because it's Mm -hmm. there's literally nothing else like it until you get to things like breath of the wild and elden ring like it feels so like just this open sandbox for you to like poke and prod at and figure out where to go next to an extent they do sort of tell you but it feels really weirdly ahead of its time like playing it now i'm kind of like shocked a little bit like you know because a lot of these games you think oh do i did i have rose colored glasses you know thinking back on them um and some of them yeah but this one i'm like no this one still feels like pretty pretty like pretty good for the time frame that it came out in or it feels good now i would say and like weirdly modern in a lot of ways so i can see why it would be on the list i think that's uh actually that's not even an i think i i have noticed from entering all of these lists that um uh ocarina of time is 
trending downwards on these lists. It's not... Uh, like, if you enter lists from the, um, you know, 90s and, and early 2000s, it, it pretty much tops all of them. Yeah, um, it's, it was number one on, on best-of-all-time lists forever. Yeah, know? yeah. Now, like... People don't really bat an eyelid if you put it at like 80th or 100th or something. In fact, I've I've entered top 200 lists. It's not even there. Um, wow. Yeah, which I think is ridiculous. Like, you know, I, yeah, that surprises me. Yeah, I, but I think I've put two top 200 lists that don't have Ocarina of Time in them. That's um, pretty. That's wild. really wild. But yeah. but at did the same have, time, there's so other many Zelda games. lists on them. Yeah, they have other other Zeldas. Um, okay. But I can usually see when there's like a like one per series limitation, like one that didn't include it definitely didn't have that one per series limitation, so they just literally don't think it's in the top 200. Wow, um, interesting. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, embarrassing is the word that I would use, to be honest, because like, you're just wrong. Actually, one thing I do want to say... Uh, that's I, like not putting uh, like Super Mario Brothers like, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. list. It's like this game defined like an entire genre for 3d for, action adventures yeah. you know yeah. for like until now like it's still you know like people still like use super mario brothers as almost like a foundation for like 2d platforming right so it's mm -hmm. like if you don't put that on the list the wild, it's i think like, ocarina would still be the gold standard for zelda for people hmm. well yeah because i mean um, for a lot of people you know uh zelda like they like to think that like Zelda's gotten worse and it's like, no, <laughs> like if anything, it has gotten better. It's just that they don't like, like, it's almost like people just want Ocarina of Time again. Like, yeah. you know, there's people that don't like Breath of the Wild for whatever reason. And then there's people that are like, I don't like Skyward Sword or Twilight Princess because of this, that and the other. And it's like, okay, but there's so many other people that love them just as much as you know, these other ones. Or there's other people that might be like, Zelda was best when it was 2D only, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, apparently, according to these lists, they're wrong because number one and two are Breath of the Wild and Ocarina yeah, of yeah. Time. Um, one thing I do want to say just quickly before we move on from, uh, from Ocarina of Time is um, uh, it pains me that the only version of Ocarina of Time available now is a 3DS version because... Uh, the graphical updates, um, I I think the color palette is like completely out of step with the the, the tone of the game. Like um, if you look if you look at comparisons, the original Nintendo sixty four graphics are quite muted, whereas now there's like it's a very saturated color palette, which yeah, um, you know it, it just doesn't look right if you if you uh, recall cutscenes like um you know link saying goodbye to saria on the bridge and it's all like bright like it, it just doesn't really make yeah. sense she um, has like neon green hair yeah yeah exactly um and like honestly uh when i played it on the 3ds um it made me question um like my evaluation of it, you know, like uh, I um, really? was like, yeah, yeah, no, seriously, like just that's, the that's graphics. Because it, it's a small, uh, it's a small thing. Like it's just graphics. That's really all they changed. Um, well, a few quality of life improvements as well, which were very welcome. Um, yeah, I, I was about to say that's so that's so fascinating, and I I don't want to cut you off. I just yeah. I think it's hilarious because I was actually going to mention like, oh, if you had 
you know, if you're looking at a list that had, you know, one entry per series, like I understand not maybe putting Ocarina of Time, but like, would they put Ocarina of Time 3D? Because I like that version better. Like when I most people do. Yes, that actually that version, I was like, oh, I actually love Ocarina of Time. I hundred percented that version of the game. And I think the quality of life things like totally put it over the top for me. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, please continue. Um, well, I mean, I've basically said it. I, I just, uh, yeah. yeah, the color. See, um, my, my taste can be quite strange. Um, I, I, I do have like strong biases. Chris and I talk about this all the time. Um, yeah. it like, I, I tend to not care about mechanical things. Um, mm. like gameplay mechanics, uh, they can be awful and, and, and I, it just doesn't bother me, uh, in the slightest. Um, That's fascinating. it's, uh, you know, I, I'll value things like the music and the visuals, uh, the storytelling characters, uh, world building, that kind of thing. Um, mm. but if the mechanics are trash, I'll just be like, yeah, yeah, they are, but, uh, I, I don't care. <laughs> um, which, so yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, um, I, I, I will argue my case uh, for for any game that we, that, that we talk about, but like I, I'm also aware that like that is a strange way to approach games, and like um, most people um, just don't have the same sort of values as I do, right? But you know, this this is just people in general, right? Like we're, we're not all going to agree, um, and I don't. Um, I, I it, it doesn't makes sense to me that people sort of get upset about it uh, when when people don't agree. It's just like, you know, um, we're all different. Of course we are. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes it's a preference thing. Like, uh, like a lot of people will, their favorite thing in a series will be the one that they played first, usually, or just like mm -hmm. the one that hit them at the right time, right? Like, uh, you know, everyone's Final Fantasy favorite is probably going to be the first one they played or the one that they played at like a pivotal moment in their life you know that like uh hit them like in just the right way and that doesn't mean that like uh you know your opinion is is like you know you can argue about which Final Fantasy is better, all right? Like from like a mechanic standpoint or a storytelling or music or whatever. But a lot of times it is just like both of these games are really, really good. You know, and you just it, it's just whoever like whichever one you like the most or have the most nostalgia for. Right. Uh, and I would say that's like across a lot of series, which is funny because like a lot of people end up, you know, liking uh or getting very upset about like when someone likes a certain zelda game more than another one which doesn't make sense to me you know when like yeah mm -hmm. they're all pretty damn good <laughs> like for the most part <laughs> except for spirit tracks uh, i'm just kidding <laughs> josh it looks like your audio isn't coming through on the stream that's weird i don't know why uh, oh hold on but yeah keep going so uh so taking a step back from talking about individual games, <laughs> we, we got so into the weeds real quick. James, I wanted to ask you, I, I think you've made a really interesting thing. What prompted you to, to create it? Yeah. Um, so uh, the most direct inspiration was a website called acclaimedmusic.net, um, which basically oh. does the same thing, but for music. Um, and when I was 
really getting into music uh, in my sort of late teens and uh, throughout my 20s. Um, it was such an invaluable resource for me, um, not just in the sense of uh, helping me find things that I really liked, but also encouraging me to like challenge myself by by listening to you know genres that I wasn't that familiar with, um, you know different styles of music, different moods, um, and yeah, it was just so valuable. It was like this, um, just like the best resource. Uh, um, almost like the best resource possible you know like uh, um it it has it has its its flaws but uh yeah it was like just like my music bible um so going through that uh I'm definitely putting a putting a bookmark on that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that out later yeah 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 <laughs> um so uh i just always wish that something like that existed for video games um most of the time, making something uh, was was completely beyond me. Like the idea didn't even really enter my head. Uh, but then, in late 2019, early 2020, um, Chris and I were talking just about uh, a project that we've been working on. It was a, it was sort of a podcast that we were doing, but it was very, very, very casual. It was just, you know, we were always talking video games and like the idea was just, well, hang on, why don't we just like put a mic there and press record? Um, yeah. There wasn't really much thought to it um, beyond that. Then after we recorded a few episodes and we were getting more comfortable uh, talking in front of a mic, um, we thought, well, hang on, let's let's plan this out a bit more. Let's try and do something... Um, a bit more focused, and uh, one of us had the idea of um, reviewing the the decade that had just passed, uh, because at this time all of the end of decade lists were coming out. Um, so you know, oh. we thought, you know, why don't we comment on that? Why don't we make that the podcast? You know, we'll um, you know, just play each of the each of the best one or you know, supposedly best games and um. And, uh, yeah, just give our thoughts. Uh, and just through sort of following acclaimed music, I, I had some insights into how the formula worked, and I, I just thought, may- maybe I could do this. You know, like, maybe if, if I got all these lists, I could do, like, a passable job of aggregating them all. Um, so I, 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 I just did it. And the podcast project never got off the ground because of course uh, you know this happened early 2020 um you know we know how that went (laughs) i don't think um chris and i were able to even meet up for a couple of years there uh but that was the first step uh, towards um you know what is now acclaimed video games uh about a year later i um decided uh, to try and do the all-time games. Um, so, you know, we're not, not just limiting it to the past decade, decade anymore, like trying to put everything in that I could find. Uh, so, yeah, I wrote, um, I wrote a C-sharp program to help me with the data entry and to, to do the, uh, the aggregation. Um, and that's when the majority of the data entry was done, uh, and I was 
pretty pleased with the results there, but there were still some issues with the formula that I thought were a bit, um, like, skewing the results a little bit. Uh, so I, I wasn't completely happy with it. But then again, about a year later, so this is now in um, sort of late 2022, um, I had some ideas for how to uh, just improve the formula. Um, and that's where I am now. Uh, so, you know, I implemented all of those. Um, and at that point, I was like, this is, you know, to my knowledge, the best um, attempt at aggregating all of this critic data. Uh, so I think it deserves its own website now. It, um, you know, I, I should be showing it off to people. People are going to be interested in it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that happened uh, a month ago, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So that, that that's it, really. It was um, it was it was acclaimed music. Uh, now, I, I guess the <laughs> the elephant in the room is um, that, that did it meet my expectations? You know, is this as valuable <laughs> as is, as acclaimed music was for music? Um, and uh, sure, yeah. Well, f- for me, the answer is no. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I wish I could say that it was, but um, when I look at the list, I, I just I don't know. Um, there's there's so much that I, that I disagree with, uh, and I yeah. and I don't have that feeling that I had with acclaimed music, which was, uh, you know, I I should give these things another go. Like I sh- I should play them again, and 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 maybe my my opinion will change. Like I feel like I understand them, um, and uh, yeah. I mean, I'm it's sure not universally made awful. Of course, acclaimed music feels the same way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they do. I'm not, I'm not like, sure. Like oh god. Um, well, and also like the investment is totally different, you know, like it's, it's very easy to sit there, you know, for a minute and a half to, you know, tops, like what, 15 minutes and just let a song kind of wash over you. And then that's, that's it. You know, the, even the shortest games are, you know, mm. a lot longer than 18 that. Minutes. And they, re- <laughs> they require your, you know, your input, um, you know, and all sorts of things. And, and yeah, I mean, like I mean, I, well, I was going to say, and there are different genres. Like, there are obviously different genres of, of music, but, like, I can't even, like, mm. you know, spooky soundtracks and stuff. Like, I don't know that there's a song that would scare me. You mm. know what I mean? Like, so, I, you know, there's, there's, or, like, there's not a song that's so difficult that I can't get through it. Unless I'm, like, playing it on an instrument, you know, like, <laughs> listening to it. There's not, even if you listen to, like, Dragon Force or something, like, you can still get to the end. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's no difficulty. <laughs> yeah. Video games as a medium, I think, are a much broader. Um, with, yeah, they're, they're a much broader medium than I think anything else. To be honest, uh, comparing like, I don't know, like with music, comparing like avant-garde jazz to like heavy metal or like the Ramones or something, I find that so much easier than comparing like Tetris to Breath of the Wild. Like, I, I just don't yeah. even understand how you do that. Um, yeah, some games are basically just uh, like the appeal of them is like the sport aspect of it, you know, like the, the mechanics. Yeah. Um, and some of them uh, certainly aspire more towards like you know these artistic, cinematic, um, sort of yeah. storytelling kinds of things. Um, and how do you compare those two? Like, I, 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 you don't even have to yeah. go with like Tetris. How do you how do you compare like? a FIFA game to, uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just, yeah. 
I don't even know how you do that. Um, I mean, here I have a list where that is done, so I guess on it, some level yes. I think it's possible. It's hard, but, um, <laughs> it's hard to even like compare some games in their own series. Like if you talk about Final Fantasy, yeah. they're all so like after you get past six, they're all so different from each other that like it's really difficult to be like, well, seven is way better than ten or whatever, because you're like they're almost different games, like completely, even mm. though they're combat systems are very similar but then it's like well then you get to like 14 and comparing 14 to 7 you're like that's a different genre completely even though it's in the yeah. same series right like i how, I, how do you compare final fantasy 1 and final fantasy 15 yeah like what even <laughs> is that yeah like that's they're completely ridiculous. different like uh one thing that's been really interesting uh putting these lists in is um so th there's a few other websites that do this. Um, uh, one of them, uh, Video Game Canon and Pwn Rank, like PWN Rank. Uh, and there's another one that I found just recently called Play That Game, which is extremely impressive. But uh, Video Game Canon have um, just put a lot of games together. So, for example, any any list that mentions a FIFA game is uh, in, is, is taken as a vote for the FIFA series. Um, and to an extent that makes sense and uh, until you remember how long that's been running for you know like maybe the last three are like pretty similar but the ones from the, the early 90s yeah. are completely different it's like now play Madden on like you know 96 on the Genesis and play Madden now and you're like holy yeah, yeah, shit dude yeah, exactly. like it's crazy like, different incrementally it's small but like <laughs> over compare, a few like, decades a modern, a modern uh, hockey game to like you know whatever was on the nes and you're like yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is fucking wild right um, i considered grouping them together by the engine that they were using and only making a separate game like a separate entry in the database when it was like they'd actually upgraded the engine um but uh, I, I mean i just don't know enough about sports games to do that so mm -hmm. for the moment they're yeah. all just separate en um, I, entries i wonder too how much like especially the music one like genre plays a huge part in like some people might not like a certain genre but i've found as like i used to think you know when i was growing up like i didn't like death metal and i didn't like country music but then you get older and you find <laughs> artists who do country music who you're like oh these guys aren't just singing about like driving down dirt roads and and crap they're actually like you know this is this is good and then you find death metal artists where you're like oh shit like this is actually super good and like you know mechanically complex and has like really interesting things going on and then you're like suddenly you're like i actually do kind of like death metal or like i actually do kind of <laughs> like country music so like it's interesting like with games like i find that also where you know um prior to playing like citizen sleeper if you had put a game like citizen sleeper on a top 100 list and said like you know this game where all you do is read and like roll dice is like one of the best games of 2022 i'd have been like you're out of your fucking mind but then hmm. you play it and suddenly you're like damn this is the one of the best games it's my favorite game of 2022 where it's like i yeah. traditionally don't like those type of games but then my, it's like you find that one and you're like, okay, maybe this genre, maybe it's not the genre that's not for me. It's just the like way the ones that are the games yeah. that I've played. And so for like a, a list, I feel like lists are less about, and maybe this is just what, the way people think about it. To me, lists are less about like what order they're in. Like they're more about 
just having a collection or like a starting place where it's like these this gaggle of things is considered (laughs) you know the best like the highlights of uh, an art form if you will and like Mm. i i tend to think of them more like that than arguing about like what place everything should be at because everyone's gonna everyone's gonna think you know a different song or a different band is the greatest band of all time or the different game is the greatest game of all time and i don't really care about that i care more about like what do most people consider to be like great you know yeah and i think in a way like that your site does that to an extent where like you can kind of ignore the order but like if you wanted a good like i've never played a video game before like what are the what are the best things that have ever been made you know this Mm. is a list of like generally like a good starting point and then as you get more into it you can get way more granular and dig into like very unknown things and explore but like i think of them as jumping off points and not necessarily like you know Ocarina of Time is the best game of all time, and you should you should feel the same way. Like point finger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, I, I feel like a big part of that is the fact that that the you know the site that you've built, James, is less um, is less prescriptive and more descriptive. It's just yeah. like, well, I'm not telling you this is the best game ever. This is the most acclaimed game ever and there's a big difference yeah I've, I've i've tried to make that very clear um you know they, they could be the best games of all time i i, I don't know yeah. but um uh, saying that they're the most acclaimed games i, I can actually kind of back that up um like yeah. it, it's sort of going I, I mean i hate that word but like it's kind of an objective thing um yeah it's not objective that they're the best but uh they are like the most acclaimed uh Something Under the metrics that you have set down, it is yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, to the best yeah. of my ability, right? Like, um, yeah. Uh, just going back to what uh, Josh said before about you know, um, you know, you don't think you like something until you do. Uh, my experience with that was actually Super Metroid, because um, oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, uh, I'd played um, Metroid Prime, which everyone uh, touted as like you know one of the best uh, Metroids ever. Um, yeah. Both both of them actually the um, the two GameCube ones uh, Prime One and Two, um, yeah. and I I thought they were good but like they they didn't really um, sort of resonate yeah, with nice. me that strongly and I, I, and not, I thought it not, was uh, they don't yeah. do that for me either like they're, right. they're good but they're not on the same level for me yeah and I I thought it was the formula I'm like I mean I don't want to just explore the same rooms over and over and over again and be lost in this like empty environment with like no um, but then you play like all no Metroid, other characters, so like, whatever. <laughs> then I played Super Metroid, and I was hooked immediately. Like Chris and I played yeah. through it together, and he like he could see me just be like totally in love with it. Like <laughs> the, I mean, from yeah, the start, it, you, you as, as somebody who values uh, character and music and aesthetic mm. and atmosphere, like, the atmosphere I mean, is incredible. Has, yeah, the atmosphere in that game is like maybe the best of any game that's ever been made. Like landing on the Agreed. planet and everything is silent and you just hear the patter of the rain and you're going down and then you can hear the rain and it's further away. It's like, how can you not love this? That's yeah, me. yeah. This is me, you know, yeah. loving it since I the super since it came out in Super Nintendo. Yeah. But well, I only played it a few years ago, um, and it wasn't yeah. it wasn't even my first Metroid game. It was my first two D Metroid game, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was completely in love with it. Um, and when Chris and I finished playing, uh, the first thing I did, I went home and played it again. Just to, was like, did I really like that 
as much as I think I did, you know. <laughs> and on my second playthrough, I was like, yes, yes, I did, you know. So uh, for me, that is absolutely a top 10 game as well. I'm, I'm really happy to see it at, like, what, 6th or 7th or wherever yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 6th. It's 6th. Um, Well-deserved. Uh, it's, it's exceptional. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, the other thing that Josh was saying is, like, you know, are these, like, the highlights of video games? I, I think that is, the like, the correct approach to, to this. Um, yeah. And... Um, I mention that because, again, just uh, having uh, done all this data entry, you know, I, I, I do read, like, the little blurbs at the start of uh, of each list, and there is some disagreement on, like, what a top 100 list should be, or, what like, what a top anything list should be. Like, by yeah. what metrics do we judge that? Um, one thing that I really hope comes out of this project is that, uh, like, I want these conversations to be, to, to be more common, you know? Like, how, how do we judge... Um, you know what? What games are the greatest? Or I mean, you don't even have to have that word, but like, what games appear on these lists? Uh, just to give an example of like one that I disagree with is like I've I've put in a couple of lists that um, okay, I think of two examples I disagree with. Actually, I'll start with the easiest one is um, you know when people talk about influence, I don't care about influence. Um, you know we should yeah. uh, we should admit when games have influence, but uh, if they don't hold up as, you know, something that you play, uh, then, uh, th- you know, they, they don't deserve to be there. People are welcome to disagree with that if they like, but, uh, you know, I'm just yeah. sort of sa- staying, saying where I stand. Um, the other one is uh, one list that I put in, and I, I, I'm going to try and be as vague as I can, you know, like not point <laughs> fingers at anybody, but uh, they seem to think that uh, games should be friendly to modern players and, like, cater to um, the, like, established norms of, like, modern video games. Uh, So, for example, um, if you're used to twin-stick shooters, it's going to be too much of an adjustment to get used to a one, like, going to a single-stick shooter. Uh, So, really, like, don't bother with the single-stick shooters. And to me, that's, like, your... um, you're not doing your responsibility as as a video game critic. Like you, you know, that, that your job yeah. is to tell us when it's worth getting used to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah. Like I can't play everything. You know, like it's not my full time job, right? I can only, uh, you know, play so so many games. Uh, it's like the critics, the people making these lists, who you know can play maybe not everything, but a lot more than other people. You know, tell us which ones are worth it. Which ones are worth our time? Um, you know, if you tell me that a, you know, you know single stick shooter is um, is is good enough that it's worth that sort of discomfort as someone who's used to twin stick shooters, well, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll play it. You know. Um, and, yeah, I, yeah, I think I definitely agree with you. And and as we we've all done, you know, all of the hosts of this show have done video game critique on the show, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as somebody who, who has written reviews and has like made a point to try to hone my, my critical chops, I think it is very important, you know, like you said, um, I mean, in, in my own words to approach a game on its own terms and there, there, there are definitely elements of games where it rubbed me the wrong way because it, it was, you know, not going by the, I guess, kind of the zeitgeist of how it should work. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I hesitate to even say like optimized norms or whatever, because like I firmly disagree with some of them, you know, but like generally in a game, you know, you hit, you know, if you're playing on a, on a PlayStation controller, you hit X to jump, you know, you, you hold what circle or something to sprint. Like if you're doing, if you're doing a game where there's shooting or it's a side scroller, like square is the button you do to shoot triangle is reload, you know, like these sorts of things, like there are established norms and there are like certain versions of games where like, that's not the case. Like there are certain ports of Mega Man where like you actually shoot with X and you, uh, jump with circle, which like makes no sense to me, you know, and it doesn't really like work for the way that I hold my controllers, but at this, you know, and there aren't always ways around that, but I think that, yeah, there, there is, there is an element to which, okay, this is going to, this is going to, you know, rub you the wrong way at first, but once you become acclimatized to it, like you're not even going to think about it anymore. You know, it's like tank controls versus like direct, you know, movement with like third person shooters and things like that. I would I would push back on that a little just because I think on so, on some level like It's not all it's not always true. Not always, but like on some level a lot of the reason like things are the way they are is because it's the way that like, you know, after playtesting and playtesting and playtesting with so many people, it's just the thing, the way that like became the most intuitive, right? Uh, yeah. And like, you know, opinions about something be damned. Um, whereas like, like a good example would be like, if you've been using Windows for 20 years, the way that the way Windows sort of works, you know, um, Sometimes it is unintuitive, but a lot of the things that it, it like does are because like, you know, Microsoft has people come in and use Windows all the time and sees where all the pain points are and like, you know, scratches the edges off a little bit. So like when you go use Linux or something like a different operating system, it's like, yeah, a lot of the stuff works the same, but sometimes it works a little differently. And like some people like that, but people who've been using Windows for 20 years are going to come in in Linux and they'd be like, how come I can't just copy and paste the exact same way I've been copy and pasting things for like 20 years in Windows, right? Or like, how come yeah. this thing, I have to like do some weird registry edit in this that I could have just done in Windows in like two seconds, right? Um, yeah. And to some people that's appealing or they don't, that doesn't bug them. But for a lot of people, it's like the reason that a lot of these things are the way they are is because it's just the way that like is most intuitive to their brain and like, We've just done it for so long because that is sort of the best way or like maybe the best it's going to get. Like, you know, I'm with you, Brian. I get annoyed so when far, I get annoyed but... when uh, like I, I really dislike on um, Switch, like on their emulators, how they make like, you know, A and B. I get why this is the way it is, right? Because A and B on like an NES controller was a and b and it was right next to each other and there was a certain thing but like they don't necessarily want people to get confused about when a button prompt comes up on the screen and it says push b and they're like oh I, i'm supposed to hit x you know or you know because to me i want to hit x and b as as b and a right but like for them they're like that might get confusing so we have it mapped this way but it means that the orientation of playing the game is not the same and like for some people that might not bug them, but it bugs me a lot, like a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it feels unintuitive because I've been doing it for as long as I've been doing, you know, since I was a kid playing NES, like that's just the way it's felt or like playing those games on like Super Nintendo where you're like, yeah, X and 
going across like on Mario World, like holding X to run and B yeah. to jump feels correct. It doesn't feel correct to yeah. turn my thumb this way, right? Like, I don't know. Some of it is just like, like I get, I get why some people go back to older games and they think like, wow, this is bad. I feel bad for the kids of back then, right? Because it just doesn't feel the way like it's supposed to, quote unquote. But like, it's going to be personal preference. Like to me, I can't play... I can't play. I love shmups. I can't play shmups where I can't auto fire. Like it gets so annoying. Like if I can't just hold a and have it fire, like it's a lot. Like I just played through Panzer Dragoon on switch and like you have to got to buy you a turbo controller. You have to push like a all the time. And it's just like, dude, same with like Metroid Prime is a good example where like, yeah, holding a charges it. But I'm like, part of me is just like, can I just hold I R I want, yeah. to like fire, like spam fire, and then I'll hold A to like do the charge beam or whatever. And you can't do that, that unless existed. you have, yeah, like I have a controller that will do it, but like, I don't know. And maybe that just comes down to like having more control over games, like on some level, yeah. like being able to just, maybe that's a whole like accessibility thing, but. Yeah, and I yeah. think that that is an objective good. But mm. yeah, I, but I definitely, I, the, the, the point, the point that I was kind of getting at is, 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 you know, and I, I am, I'm curious to know if, if James feels the same way and if this is what you were trying to kind of get at, but having unusual control mechanics or having something that's like not really du jour now, I don't think should be disqualifying for a game to be considered, you know, in like the, mm. Hey, you need to play this sort of a thing. So I think I think that's that's the main thing for me. I mean, I, I basically I, I, I'm saying this is a joke. Right? I hope it sort of comes across that way. But like, yeah. um, I, I just dare you to try and make an argument against Doom. You know what I mean? Like original, like <laughs> DOS Doom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, uh, I agree that like using a mouse, like the mouse WASD configuration, is like just a superior and definitely easier way of of aiming but doom holds up anyway um even if you don't use the mouse i mean you can use the mouse these days it's a little awkward um you you can't look up and down like that's that's still impossible but doom holds up Uh, it holds up because the sound design is still like um, probably like the best <laughs> but even the monster sounds like I don't I don't even need to like ask like you know them yeah you know I can what hear each them in the back of my head like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear the exactly. like, like yeah 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 exactly <laughs> like the, the, the sound is... thing is like you know just as a, as a quick aside like Doom is 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 for me what I think Super Metroid was for you I only played that game on like oh, man. Xbox One or yeah, Xbox yeah. Series X, I was playing that game like, when I was like seven. Through, <laughs> through like <laughs> probably a little early backwards compatibility. Yeah, like yeah. you know, my cousin, my cousin Rami was huge into that. Doom is still like I think Doom and Half Life are like his two favorite games ever, uh, mm. and he just adores it. He plays Doom wads and all all that all that stuff, like yeah. playing the hyper 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 difficult stuff. But like, I just didn't have it because you know my parents were you know. It's clear, like there's demons in it, and I was like, "But mom, you're fighting the demons." But like, I grew up very religious, so like that was okay. not not allowed, you know, that mm. sort of a thing. They bought into all that mm. hype, but but yeah, that, as as somebody who came to it like very very recently, uh, you know, only only a few years ago, like yeah, 
it holds up, you know, even, you know, even how, you know, differently it plays from, from, you know, other types of games or how differently even just the game is structured. Like it's totally yeah. different from anything else. So like that, that's something like, uh, you know, to, to modern players who are used to like a mouse and keyboard, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? You are going to find those controls awkward, but it's worth it. Play it anyway. Yeah. Um, don't, yeah. don't try and mod it. Like, uh, um, yeah. And, and I'm someone who like totally agrees that like mouse and keyboard is, is a better, uh, way of doing a shooter. Um, I have to say visually as well, uh, Doom is absolutely spectacular. Um, yeah. I mean, not in a graphics fidelity sense, obviously. It's like <laughs> extremely uh, dated. The sprite, yeah, the sprite work is really great, though. Yeah, um, and the lighting as well is absolutely fantastic. Um, we have to meet it on its own terms, right? Because it came out in like 95 yeah. or whatever. Or yeah. somewhere around there. So it's like, what was possible back then? Mm. You know, and but for back way... then, it was like, wow, this is this is insane looking. Um like you even have to think about that, like with you, you just have to think about that with with all games because we're getting to a point now where like you know outside of things that are like very ray traced, like two D mm. graphics basically have reached their zenith in a way. You know what I mean? Like mm. we we have these like hand drawn like the most beautiful high res games you could ever imagine like to look at, right? And like three D, it's we're reaching a point where like it's getting so realistic and we have like things like ray tracing or whatever that are like really pushing hardware and stuff. But like, if you go back to the PlayStation one, it's like, yeah, some of those games look really rough, but then you look at something like, you know, Castlevania symphony of the night. And you're like, if you evaluate that on its terms, like what it was doing on the hardware, it came out on you're like, this game looks pretty damn good. Like when you consider when it came out, um, but even then, like, I'm starting to think, like, graphics are becoming less of a thing people care about as much. And I don't know if you all feel that way, but I, I certainly feel like when I see a game that looks really pretty, I go, like, wow. Like, when I see Final Fantasy 16 in motion, which is coming out in, like, two months, I think, like, holy shit, how the hell did they even pull this off, you know? Like, this looks amazing. Um, or like I see like there was a new cyberpunk update today that added a higher fidelity ray tracing. And I watched the digital foundry video where they just like show the city and it's at 60 frames with it. And you're like, God damn, like this looks really amazing. But like, yeah, I also play games like, you know, I've been playing again, Ocarina of Time again. And I've been playing a lot of like old retro Super stuff sleeper. where <laughs> even like you play certain things like from back then. And you're like, man, for the time, like this looks pretty freaking impressive. Like. And, but also, like, I'm, I'm, I wonder, like, I would love to talk to, like, p kids growing up now and, like, with all of the choice. Like, they have indie games coming out now that look like NES games and, like, they have Fortnite and, like, you know, God of War Ragnarok and, like, all these games. And there's such a variance of artistic style and, like, uh, just technology at work. Like, do do they care because like i feel like we kind of cared growing up but nowadays i don't necessarily care um as long as the game is fun you know uh i don't necessarily care if it looks like a game that came out on the sega genesis or something like and looks kind of like weird as long as it's really like fun to play but i, I don't know yeah was, was... I'm definitely uh, like on the opposite side of, of things from James as, as far as that is concerned. Like, obviously, I value music and visuals and, you know, the, the 
character and these sorts of things. I like, value UI a lot. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a critic, but uh, but I, I have to say I am firmly in the gameplay is king, like mechanics mm-hmm. first, like front. Because like, you know, you talked about Citizen Sleeper. It's beautifully drawn. It has incredible music, but like, it's not like some, it's not Horizon Forbidden West or something, you know, something like this. It's, it's like, not, man, it's look at how that. crisp this text is. <laughs> I, I, I literally, one of the best games that I have played this year, probably my favorite game that I've played this year. Well, it might, it might not be, but I haven't talked about my number one yet, but in the running for my favorite game this year is, uh, Infernax's multiplayer free update. And that game looks like it is just a Genesis or a super Nintendo game. Like that game doesn't look like anything, you know, special at all. It's like just basic sprite work and stuff like that. Very simple enemies and things, but the the freaking gameplay, my dude. The gameplay is so good. It's it's freaking it's modern Castlevania, you know, which like that just it just speaks to me. So, yeah, I that's you know I I, I can't really speak. It, I think that there is definitely a place for visual spectacle. I think that you know there's gonna be. I I'm I'm very curious to see James what what you think about this and if you've noticed any any trends uh, with regards to this. But I have heard a lot of people putting things like Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok and and you know The Last of Us Part 2 these like kind of visual showpieces like and and uh lauding them you know extremely highly uh to a point where like me as a gameplay first person feel like um you know those games not The Last of Us as much but you know God of War and Horizon I find those games to be a bit lacking uh, in the gameplay department. I don't, I don't find those as impressive. Uh, I I'm, I'm curious if you have noticed a, a trend in how the greater critical, uh, consensus weights and regards games that tend to be incredibly visually impressive versus like more gameplay focused and things like that. If you've noticed that at all. Um, well, <laughs> there's, there's a lot to comment on here. Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> think, I think Josh asked just, you a question even just before like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw this, in this, a really this, difficult question. Um, Sorry. So there's, there's, there's a few things. Uh, the whole time Josh was talking, I couldn't help being reminded of a quote. I think it's by, like, Brian Eno, and I'm probably going to butcher it. But uh, he's talking about, um, like, the limitations of uh, of mediums and how as soon as those limitations have been uh like resolved or surpassed they then become desirable for like an artistic sense so for example um like digital audio is just like far superior in terms of fidelity to like vinyl and that kind of thing but then the appeal of that vinyl like you know the 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 hiss the pops and the cracks now become like uh desirable from like an artistic sense um as a um that's very interesting as as a musician, you know, like distortion was always something that they were trying to get rid of. But now, you know, when you can do it, then it's like, no, no, oh, we actually yeah. want those old tube amps that are like really terrible in terms of like fidelity. Um, so then, it's, you know, it's funny the same you say thing. that because I I don't like as someone who's gotten into vinyl in the last year, like I I don't find the I don't know that vinyl sounds better or worse. I think it just sounds different, and it sounds yeah. really good. And yeah, technically, I think digital is like better, like it's clearer or something. Like it can be clearer, but like fidelity is the. Term, I find but, yeah. that with digital, like 
uh, some of it has to do with the um, the sound and like when you listen to vinyl, like usually you're not listening to it on headphones. Some people do, but like I listen to it on speakers in my office and so it fills a space and I find like music as it fills a space like to be much diff like different feeling than just listening to it on your headphones while you're like walking the dog or whatever. Um, and also there's like an ownership aspect to it where like, you know, I can listen to so I can listen to anything I want on Spotify right now. Right. <laughs> but like you care a lot less about it than, you know, I have, like, you know, Weezer's blue album, one of my favorite albums of all time. And like, I own it and I pop it on and like it fills the space in my room and there's there's a whole ritual to it where I take the vinyl out and put it on and then like I have the like thing to dust it off and the like oil up the needle and all that like all that stuff there's a whole ritual to it you feel like you own the music there's more purpose and maybe that's like a larger conversation outside of games I think that's why a lot of people like Chris like Certainly. love cartridges and I understand like the appeal of like purposefully taking a cartridge of like super mario world off your thing and like putting it in a super mm -hmm. nintendo and like you're playing it with purpose you know there's like a mm -hmm. whole thing that goes with it whereas like you know you boot up a rom and you don't care you after 10 minutes you're like whatever i'm just gonna play the next thing or something and maybe maybe there's something to that um i don't know yeah, what I that has to the, do with the, uh <laughs> top games yeah, of all I think time the point but about, still. i i think the the, the point about about uh, technical limitations being surpassed and then becoming valued for different things has kind of become evident in the game space. Because, That's why I was you know, thinking we of talking, it. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about Infernax, <laughs> which is a game that looks like an old Super Nintendo game. And like yeah. that, that isn't what a game looks like because it, that's what it can look like. That has become a choice mm -hmm. that is made. right. Yeah. Um, and when you when you assess the visuals of a game, I think you sort of have to look at it from like an an artistic like design standpoint. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at it from a technical standpoint, then it is irrelevant in like two years time. Like right. that's that's just yeah. the reality of it. Um, when I praise you know the visuals of like Doom, I'm obviously not talking about the technical aspect of it because like technically it's garbage by by modern standards <laughs> um but the design like in, in terms of the design it's fantastic yeah um, yeah and and i think that's why doom has lasted uh so long like people still enjoy it you know just gonna go ahead and search um, where doom is on this list hold on i can see it it's 28th um, 28th <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah oh uh, well deserved i mean it could be higher in my opinion um yeah like that it, it wouldn't look wrong in the top 10 at all uh particularly if we were talking about influence which we are not talking well, about we're not, we are, we're not talking about influence yeah, yeah ex exactly um what was the other question you asked me oh yeah about uh, those three specific games i haven't played any of them so <laughs> i can't i can't comment unfortunately but you did mention the last of us 2 i've played the original the last of us um and you were asking what i think about uh um like the, the, these yeah. like visual spectacles. Um, yeah, I, I guess I would say like, and I guess I guess this would particularly be this. This is something that that uh, that we I, and if you've listened, I'm sure you've heard this. This is something we actually ding Sony on, uh, is because they seem to be leaning into these, you know, hyper visual fidelity, uh, single player third person action adventures. 
And like, that's just kind of the games that they make mostly, you know, those are the ones that, that get the most, um, they get the most tend to get the most love in the press. And so I guess I was just kind of thinking, you know, are, have you noticed, a a, a, a difference in, you know, those sorts of things, ranking those sorts of like visuals first, pushing the boundary types of, of games, you know, versus something that is more, you know, gameplay focused or something like that. It's hard to say uh, because I would I, I would have needed to play more of the games on the list than I have. Hmm. Um, so it's really hard to to say that. But also, when a game is is really high, I don't necessarily know why it's high. Um, <laughs> So, uh, talking about The Last of Us, and again, I can only talk about I can only talk about the original. I found it quite disappointing visually. I, I found it disappointing in terms of the storytelling, the characters. Uh, I, I don't rate that game highly at all. It's it's currently sitting in the top ten, but I think like if we're talking about like the biggest injustices on the list, I think The Last of Us <laughs> being that high is like uh, one of the biggest ones. Um, I, I don't rate that game I, I'm curious, at all, I'm, I'm, but I think I wanna, it's actually good mechanically. That, that later i want to revisit like the big standouts and and biggest like yeses and biggest noes like uh, after we're done yeah, yeah. talking about this specifically. just uh, um I, I think that the last of us was actually quite good mechanically i think that's actually the the, the strongest part of the last of us uh, the, the mechanics are, are good they're just underused um mm. the like the set pieces especially like the early set pieces when you first encounter clickers um, they're fantastic. I, I really enjoyed playing through those. Um, yeah. And I, I wish there was more of that in the game. Um, a lot of the storytelling that they did, I was just like... Um, I, I, I just didn't, uh, didn't resonate with me at all. I was just like, no, I'm not, not that interested. Interesting. That's one of those games where like <laughs> I was really into it at the time, and then as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less interested in it uh, so much so that like i didn't even play the second one just because mm. it was like i just don't care i don't know yeah i got in a weird that's a, relationship that's with why it. i haven't played the second one as well i just it, it, just don't care. it is it is interesting that is that was the biggest that was probably the biggest 180 the biggest positive 180 i've had in memory uh because i was definitely in the camp of we don't need a second one. You said everything that you needed to say in the first one. Uh, and then I played the second one and I was like, Hmm, I think this actually makes the first game even better. I think the second game is just empirically better than the first game. It does everything better. The gameplay is way better. I think, you know, you know, visually it's way better. It, it incorporates, you know, music into the game better than the first one. I think that it uh, tackles different things. It's more complicated. And I think that it, it, to me, I feel like it kind of hit more of what it was going for than the first game did. So I, I actually think that The Last of Us Part Two is is significantly better than the first game. But I also have not replayed, like I, I started to replay The Last of Us when it came out and was remastered for the PS4. And I think I only got like, a couple of chap, like maybe two chapters in, and then I just stopped. Like I just was like, yeah, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. 
But I feel like we're <laughs> throwing not, Woody into the trash we're like can. Not I don't play in, with you anymore. We're like not in the um, majority of people, I think, when it comes to a game like that. So probably, yeah. you know, like I think a lot of other people, like everyone else I know who's played it is like, oh, yeah, it's great. You know, like, but I'm like, I just mm. don't I don't have any interest in it. And like, I don't know. I know that's, that's where these lists get weird is because like there mm. there are games that like people will see and they'll be like oh that's number 15 i fucking hate that game you know like or whatever i don't even know what number 15 is but um you know it's 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 in and, and, and a lot of those lists too are the opinion of the people that worked at the place that published the list at the time and even then like the people who argued about that list probably argued really hard about like what yeah. was on it and what was in what place you know and so like 15 is street fighter 2 oh i love street fighter 2 <laughs> okay well you know <laughs> uh, a a really good example of that um uh, another game that I, I don't rate at all is uh, is the witcher 3 um and that's a five yeah it's extraordinarily yeah. high um and uh <laughs> one thing that i just uh, it, it's so bizarre. Um, uh, entering Polygon's list, uh, their, I think it was like a top 500 list that they did uh, a few years ago. They had um, they had The Witcher like 50th or something like that. But then when you look at um, you look at the review, it's really critical, and they only give it like an eight out of ten. So it just makes you wonder, like, what that debate was like when they were yeah um, having person, that list, you know. <laughs> the person who reviewed it doesn't think it's fiftieth of all time. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, and they were probably say, they were probably out, you know, out outvoted, argued by yeah. all the other people that were like, "No, this game is phenomenally great," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like looking at at that, it's like it's like well, and this this goes into you know other quote unquote objective metrics of measurement where it's like. Oh well, the top fifty games over time, like of all time, for our outlet, how many tens did we give? Obviously, every ten gets on the list. And then, how many nines did we give? Like, okay, well then, let's pick the next number of nines that we ever gave out. And then, like, it's only nines and tens that are on the list. And it's like, well, but each of those only really reflected the one yeah. author that wrote that review. And not not only that, this this is something I'm I'm glad that I remembered it. I wanted to talk to you because there are even different ways that that numbered reviews have been done over time. There was a time when, you know, now and and I I've I've gone through the IGN review process so I can tell you um the the way that numbered reviews are done, at least the way that I do them is I'll play through a game and I get a feeling of a number. Like I I've played so many games. I've reviewed well over 100 games you know, in my time in the, in the games industry. And so I'll be playing something and I'll be like, mm, this is like, this is like an eight. This is like a nine. You know, this, I can tell the difference when something totally blows me away. That's a 10. Like when something is saying something that I think is so important, or it does something that is so unique that you like, you don't see it elsewhere, or it's just a game where like, I have no critical things to say about it. Like, it's just all good. That's a 10, you know, but there was a time you know, back in the day when these were more like objectively in quotes, uh, put out where like there were different sections, graphics, audio, 
like music, you know, story. There were, and each of these sections got a number and then the overall score was kind of an aggregate of like those different, you know, subsections of scores, which like people don't do anymore. And I actually Mm. really liked those like breakdowns because I thought it was very, very interesting because you could look at it and see, oh, the, the music is like a three out of 10 but like the gameplay is like a nine or, or a 10, something like that. So like, if I care about gameplay more than anything else, I'll just be like, oh, hell yeah. You know, the overall score may be like a six or a seven, but like the thing that I care about is rated like very, very highly. So like, this might be for me. I think those are interesting, but I, I, I do think it's very, it's, it's very curious that there are even among like numbered reviews, there, there are many different philosophies on how to do that. Uh, mm. that reflect different values, uh, which will then get them landing at different places on this list. Well, no, they won't because I don't take the number of reviews into account. So it's... Uh, oh, interesting, yeah, yeah. interesting. And, and so, that's oh, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the reasons. That's one of the reasons is, is because um, it's... Well, when you want to reflect the consensus, uh, you're, you're always better off going with the lists because the lists are done collaboratively, generally speaking, by, by the staff there, whereas the review does just reflect... Um, the opinion of, of, of one person um, and usually That's one person right. under time pressure as well which is even worse which um, is definitely definitely true yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't take that into, into consideration at all there are ways that I think I could do it um, but it, it's not worth it at this stage um, yeah. but uh, I think so places like Metacritic um, where they do take those um numbered reviews into account, like that's their data is <clears throat> is the numbered reviews uh, I think they're very good f- to get like a just a general like ballpark um, uh, like a ballpark rating I guess of like of, of how um, well received a game is but in terms of determining the greatest games of all time I don't think you can really do that with numbered scores I think you've got to go with lists um, the limitation, the limitation of lists, of course, being that you know I've only got the top five hundred. If something's not on the list, it could have been five hundred and one, or it could have been ten thousand and one. Like, <laughs> who yeah. knows? You yeah. know, it's like so. I I just have nothing to say about anything that's sort of outside that scope. Um, but in like at the top, I I think that lists are the way to go. The other great thing about lists, of course, is that there are reference points built into it. Like even without seeing the other games around it, you know what fiftieth best of all time means. Like, you just yes. instantly know that. Um, yeah. But even if you didn't know that, okay, well, I can see the games at 48th, 49th, and 51st, and 52nd. Okay, it's approximately as good as those. There you yeah. go. It's so much yeah. easier. Whereas, like, 9 out of 10, what, what does that mean? You don't know. It um, means different things to different people, yeah. So, exactly. Yeah, that, 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 makes a lot, that makes a lot more sense. And, uh, and I, yeah, I, I, I respect that decision. I think that's... I think that's that is definitely for the best. And thank you for correcting me on, on, uh, on that and, and where those would, uh, would land. Also, I think it's interesting uh, to note that even sites like Metacritic and OpenCritic do things differently because Metacritic gives more weight to major, like bigger outlets. So like mm. IGN's rev- numbered review of a nine has more weight than mm. like Dual Shockers or something, you know, or just like, so I don't know if Dual Shockers does numbered reviews or not, but you know, like, you know, these sorts of outlets, like more prestigious outlets will have their numbers weighted more heavily on Metacritic, which is why I think OpenCritic was created because I, my understanding is 
they don't weight them differently okay. uh, on that side, so which I think is interesting. Another thing that I, I need to say about lists, and I think this is a major weakness of lists, is that they can be made up very easily by people who are not experts. Um, mm. Like, uh, I mean, even without playing... <laughs> Uh, you know, the majority of the games in the top 100, I could publish a list and say, like, these are the greatest games. No one would ever really question it. Like, it's really easy to get away with it because we kind of know what the standard picks are. Um, yeah. So one problem that I've had is a lot of clickbait articles that I think are just made up by people who don't know video games at all. Um, but you oh, don't given, need like, to... to do, and so they just did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it, look, it's, it's just clickbait, right? Um... And I can't really, like, take them as seriously as your IGNs, where I know it was, you know, a bunch of people who've been playing video games, like, that's their full-time job. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think you can fake a review. Like, you actually have to play it, you know? You actually have to yeah. say something about it, but you can definitely fake a list. Um, and I think a lot of the ones that I've entered are... Um, yeah, not necessarily done by experts, just done by people who know that they can make a clickbait article because they know roughly what the standard picks are. You just go, oh yeah, you know, Ocarina of Time, Super Mario Brothers 3, Half-Life 2, uh, like I'm just pulling games out of my ass there, but like that would yeah. pass as a list, you know, and people yeah. think, oh yeah, 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 good, yeah that, that, that seems right. Whereas um, I've heard of those. You clicked on like click hole or something and it's like the top 100 games of all time and it was like Ice Climbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister uh, Hyde on the NES, yeah. Chronicles of Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage yeah. of the Dawn Trenner on on you know Nintendo sixty four, yeah. or you know. Hey, at, at least I know it's genuine. <laughs> it's not good, yeah. but it's at least genuine. Yeah. You're like that's interesting. That's an interesting pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have weighted lists as well, um, and I, I felt like that was kind of necessary. Um, and at the moment, I, I'd have to look at the numbers because um, it's it changes the, the, based on a whole bunch of things. But I think it takes about ten like awful clickbait articles to outvote an IGN. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I was I was gonna ask if you had um, if you'd had to make a decision on you know not including lists, but it look so you you went you went with the weighted route instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Um so what that was based on, uh probably the thing that I took into account most was how many reviews that that publication has 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 done. So I'll jump on look look at their metacritic profile and be like, "Okay, they've done like 3,500 video game reviews." Fair enough. I'm going to take that pretty seriously. If they like don't have a metacritic profile, they've never reviewed games. I'm sorry. That's like I mean, I'll I'll take it into account, but it's not really going to be taken very seriously. Um as I said, it, it it takes about 10 of those awful lists to um to outvote IGN. And they're usually picking standard things anyway, so they don't really upset the rankings. Um, yeah. It wouldn't really because they're all, you know, games that like would reasonably show up on this. Like it's not yeah. really going to put a hand on the scale too much. Yeah, exactly. Even even if they are like, you know, not indicative of a level of expertise that you would want from a list like this, like because they're all kind of the names that you would expect, yeah. like it's not really going to skew things that much. That's exactly. That's interesting. Um, yeah, the, the, there's so yeah. many things like that, like, you yeah. 
like BuzzFeed and like Watch Mojo or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. like, come on! Like, you make yeah. lists about everything. You're obviously not an expert on everything. Like, you, <laughs> you don't have enough time, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you get like something like the San Francisco Chronicles, uh, you know, 100 best games of all time, and it's like, who is writing this? Yeah, you'd actually be surprised at how many I would like of those outlets hire someone <laughs> like a person to mm. be like their, you know gaming yeah person I, I was really surprised with a lot of those like i'd look up their metacritic profiles and i'd see like you know two and a half thousand reviews I'm like oh oh they do review video games <laughs> okay fair enough yeah um i um it's it's know, just not, that they have not, like one guy on staff you know yeah see, that's the other thing that i that's another thing that i took into account is like how many people actually contributed to the list because if it's just one well you know again i'm just like i'm trying to represent the consensus if that's it's just, just bills person, like top 100 whatever. games of all time you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um like if they're an expert sure i'll take it seriously but uh not not as much as the um the uh the ones that are done by like major publications with like lots of contributors mm-hmm. um yeah and the other things i looked at is like uh because you you see a lot of um, publications where they've got their uh, um, like journalists covering many different topics. So, for example, they might cover video games, but also like movies, music, and TV or something, or like, like they're just or they the do hardware. Yeah. yeah, like um, yeah, they'll do um, uh, yeah, like like hardware reviews and like you know iPhone reviews or something, and then they also do like their games reviews. Um, yeah. So I, I've tended to weight the the people who specialize in video games higher. Um, yeah, so it, uh, th- that's another part that is just like totally subjective. Um, you know, I, I um, sort of try to do the best I can. And I didn't do it myself, actually. Chris helped me with it because, uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> just valued his opinion, I guess. <laughs> I forget. I forget what episode it was. But we we each made our top twenty five. So all I got to do is get seventy five more, publish publish that someplace. It, it, it doesn't need to be a top hundred. It could be a top anything. I can take a top twenty five into account. Well, no, no. Well, honestly, hey, if, if it's published if you somewhere, want, if you want I'll put it in. Or four more. Uh, if you want three or four more lists of top twenty five games of all time. <laughs> You know, I mean, you're all in the industry. I would definitely take it. Actually, what did you vote for? Tell uh, me that first. (laughs) Some dumb game blog. Wordpress. Com. We'll put them up there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We'll influence the entire industry. You voted for Super Metroid, so I guess I'll put that. I'll put that in. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I forget. I I think I actually made it on uh, on backlogged. Uh, I actually like posted it up there. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me let me pull that let me pull that up real quick. Oh my god. Let me pull that up real quick. I'm gonna tell you I don't remember mine at all. So. <laughs> okay. See, this is why I this is why I make lists. Yeah. Uh, but oh yeah, my favorite games of all time. Oh uh, let's see. Oh wait, what did I do? Oh, I think I did. Man, oh wow, I kept adding when them when so after so now I'm actually up to sixty three. Oh cool. Uh, but. I'll give you, I'll give you what? I'll give you top 10. Top what, 10. what do you want? Top 10? Top 10. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Super Metroid, Beautiful. Baldur's Gate 2, yeah, Tetris good. Attack, Final good. Fantasy Tactics, War of the Lions, okay. uh, Pokemon Yellow, Dragon Ball mm. Fighters, Final Fantasy 10, Super Mario 3D Land, Dark Souls 3, and Bloodborne. Okay. There's a lot although, that I haven't although, played there, but uh, I'm glad you picked first generation Pokemon. <laughs> You you glad I picked what? First generation Pokemon. 
Oh yeah. yeah. There there was it was kind of a toss up. There are some other ones that I hold like almost as good. Like I think I think Pokemon Sun is fantastic. Okay. Um but but yeah, I I had to go with the nostalgic pick. And so I picked mm. yellow because like I probably would have picked red, but like, you know, yellow is kind of People just usually just lump those together. They usually they're, just they're say together. red and blue. Yeah. They're together in my list. Uh Yeah. Yeah, each generation is together. They're not separate games. 57th, that's where Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow is. Fifty. My 57th is Elden Ring, but I don't oh, know yeah. if it's accurate, actually. <laughs> I should probably move that up and move Dark Souls 3 down, but... Fair enough. But yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, so, so one, I, I had, uh, I had uh, two more things before we, before we uh, sign off for the night. Uh, one, I, I wanted to ask you, what are some of your... We've we've kind of gone through a little bit of this, uh, in just naturally in our discussions. But I wanted to to ask you, what are some of your big takeaways from from making this? Um, I don't know. That's that's a, it's a really broad question. It's the kind of thing that I could uh, say nothing about, or I could go on forever about it. Yeah. Um, I I guess like, is there? Okay, let me let me let me frame it in a different in a little bit of a different way. Uh, is there is there anything that you thought about games criticism that was kind of turned on its head by building this list, or is there anything that was kind of affirmed? I didn't really go into it with any expectations, so mm. there was no really like huge surprises um in doing it uh, a lot of people ask me if i was ever surprised by the rankings but you're never surprised by the rankings when you do the data entry because like yeah, <laughs> you sort of yeah. have a vague you idea of where over and over and yeah, over yeah. and over yeah 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 um <clears throat> i think that i th- this might be controversial but uh whatever um i i think that the standard in games journalism is lower than it is for other mediums uh that um like looking at this list i i i don't think that um games critics are doing as good a job as like music critics are as uh, as like film critics are mm. uh that's just my general sense people are sort of welcome to disagree with that if they like um uh, as somebody who's inside i i i know several people who agree with you Okay. Uh, I I tend to be one. I think right. that I think I I looking inward and being somebody who's always trying to improve. I know that I still have a long way to go, and I feel like, given my level of experience and how many reviews that I've done, like it's very easy to also turn that outward and be like, we need to be doing better. We need to be you know, one more eloquent, two more comprehensive, three like. We need to, I mean, a lot of this is, to me, games is a newer medium. Yeah. We don't really have, uh, we don't really have old heads, like, that are doing, I mean, we have some, like, we have people like Pear, you know, um, who have been doing this forever and, like, still on occasion will get off the bench and actually do a review or something. But also, I feel like, I feel like, you know, uh, music critics and film critics tend to be at established outlets where like a lot of Mm -hmm. reviews are done by freelancers that are not paid very well. They're not given that much time. 
And so there's not, there's, there's an incentive to be, to finish the review, not necessarily to like create something for the ages, you know, some piece of critical value, uh, evaluation. I, there's an, there's an amazing piece of games criticism that is talking about, oh my God, I forget. I think it's Metal Gear Solid 2. And it's like, it's a really long and it's very fascinating because it gets into all the, nitty- there's like no criticism in the modern era that is like this. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think there are a lot of, um, unfortunate reasons why that is the case. And I think that maybe the least important of those reasons is the fact that gaming hasn't been around that, that long. I think that the, the economic realities are probably a bigger problem. If, if uh, I, if I had to yeah. guess, I would have, I would have said something very similar. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not part of the industry. I don't know if, uh. <laughs> yeah. People know that, but uh, <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that. Um, but uh, yeah, I I do think that um, the yeah the, there are some money issues that really really need to be addressed. Not just in uh, how journalists get paid, although that is a really really big part of it. Um, yeah, I think they get like, paid nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, practically nothing. Media. Media criticism is like very difficult, and games criticism may be even more difficult than media criticism is generally. You, they, it yeah. needs to be a full-time job. You need to devote uh, like a full-time workload to, to doing it. Um, yeah. And I think not only that, you need some kind of background to prepare you for doing it. It's not just the amount of time, but like you need training in... Um, uh, you know, just how how to do it, and a level uh, of media literacy that's not really taught as much in school. Yeah, um, yeah. I but find. the other the other money the other money side of things is that uh, it's hard to look at the amount of advertising that is done and like the other ways that big publishing studios have um, are able to like just how much weight they have in the industry and think that that doesn't affect what. Uh, is being said about about um, their games. Um, I don't think it's like sort of a conscious thing or like um, uh, like bribery or anything like that. Uh, it's just uh, you know the reality of like um, when familiarity rev- does something. Well, it's more like when review codes and when advertising money are on the line, you know, how much do you want to rip into a, uh, you know, a AAA game? Uh, that's... Yeah, there's, um, there are steps in place, you know, at outlets like IGN to, like, separate those things, you know, mm. as much as humanly possible. For example, like, I can't speak to other outlets, and, like, I'll only touch on this briefly, but, like, mm. the people who handle the marketing and the advertising and handling the ad placements and stuff are a completely different you know, mm. not editorial branch of the company. And so like the person who's reviewing is never going to know anything like that, which is, which is yeah. funny when you get a review that totally knocks a game and like all around <laughs> the borders of the site is advertisements for that game that yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, got a yeah. four or something, which I think is, yeah. I think that's, I find that personally very funny. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but it, I mean, you, I can think of examples where like it is just definitely bad. Like when, um, was it was it the Last of Us two where like you weren't allowed to talk about certain sections of the game or something? It's like how how can they have that much sway? Uh, like, th- to I mean, be able to tell... a lot of times it's <laughs> yeah. Th- those are all embargo agreements. Yeah, yeah. They're mm. like you don't you know they don't want you to talk about like spoilery things, obviously. And like mm. after the fact, people are gonna do 
you know, whatever they want with reviews and talk about whatever they want. I think it's just, yeah, it's just part of it. Like, um, mm. now no if the review the was, That's but, but like usually the embargoes are about story things or they're like, don't talk about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, anything story related after like this many hours mm-hmm. or after this event or something. And that I can understand. I've never had, and Brian, I, I'm going to assume has had the same experience when I was in the press, I had never had any instance where like an embargo was like really, um, egregious, egregious. Most of the time it's yeah. like. Nintendo is a really interesting one because I feel like they have the weirdest embargoes out of anyone where they're like, you can only use footage from the first three levels. And you're like, well, gee, like, goddamn, you know, There's like 170 levels. in this Yeah, game. exactly. So it's like, well, shit, like I, I got to really stretch this, you know, um, and a lot of it is just because they just want people who play the like they want when someone buys the game, they want them to discover it, right? They don't want someone uh, in a review just showing them everything, which I can understand. But like I never had a, a, an instance where an embargo was like, don't talk about how control, shitty the jumping yeah. is, right? Like, uh, because I guarantee an editorial board of a, of a uh, magazine or, you know, one of the big magazines would be like, well, then we just won't review it like they wouldn't agree to that right or they would be well, like yeah, we'll or, buy our own be pushed back we'll buy our like, own copy yeah, and like do a late review that. you know that kind of thing yeah. um but yeah i've never encountered anything like that but i have i have talked to people who those sorts of things were put to them and in some circumstances they'll just be like yeah we're not gonna agree to that that's a ridiculous thing to ask mm-hmm. us to do and then other times like you know whatever but but yeah mm-hmm. that's that's kind of that's kind of beside the point yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, of course, is just that uh, a game's criticism is so much newer. Um, and, like, so just going back to, like, uh, the philosophies uh, outlined by some of these lists in, in their blurbs, that doesn't happen in, in uh, music criticism. It doesn't happen in, like, film criticism. We know. Like, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Like, the debate is settled on how to do this, but it's not yeah. settled in, in video games. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I really hope that there's more discussion about it. Um, like that's something that I hope, um, I mean, I, I don't know how much influence I can have and like how much influence like this website can have, but I, I just want people to talk about it more. Um, yeah. And yeah, hopefully well, through that. Well, you've come that. to the right place. We exclusively talk about <laughs> things here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and talk about things critically, which I, I guess is, uh, yeah. is, is really important. Yeah, we uh, the games industry has a lot of stuff to sort out on the on the press side. We mm. do need to have more, you know, I think uh, uniformity on on what things mean, what things you know should be. Not that we can't have you know different voices and different examinations and different approaches to criticism, but that like, I mean, we should probably uh, have some sort of agreement on like the framework that we use to evaluate things or the, you Mm -hmm. know, the fact that certain things are, you know, a bunch, there are many things that are important, but you know, I don't know. And then on the, (laughs) on the, on the games development and, and, you know, consumption side, like preservation, that's a huge thing that we gotta, we gotta get that solved. You know, yeah. there, there are, there are way more games that have fallen through the cracks than there ever were you know, movies that just like straight up don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know if that's true, but that that might not be true. Like there but. are there are <laughs> issues with game preservation. I'll I'll be like that's a huge yeah. problem, but that's a yeah. whole other. Yeah. Yeah. Can well, of worms. I, mean, we, I mentioned it before. Yeah. You can't play the Nintendo sixty four Ocarina of Time. Yeah. That's that's not for sale. Uh, I mean, you can easily play it. Uh, you just can't do it legally. I mean, I'm playing it on Nintendo <laughs> yeah. Switch online, but you know. Yeah, but that's the three. You could argue version. it's not. But that's only because Nintendo decided to let. Nintendo me decided do to it. let me do it. It's, I mean, I could go buy an version. N64 and buy Ocarina of Time, but like, yeah, I'm got, I'm yeah. buying it from like some dude. I'm not buying it from Nintendo, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I mean specifically the Nintendo 64 version. The 3DS version is available. I'm saying the Nintendo yeah. 64 version. Well. Isn't. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's not really anymore. Just not legally. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's the store is gone now. Yeah. yeah. So but you can go buy a cartridge. Yeah, it's it's, ugh, it's a mess. The N sixty four version is arguably more playable now than the three DS one. Yeah, I guess so because yeah. of Switch. Yeah. But uh, so, anyways, but uh, no, no, the, the Switch version is the three DS version. No, the. Uh, on the Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four online one? Yeah, no, it's the N sixty four game. Oh really? You you can I swear I read that it was the uh No. Anyway, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I mean that's good. But uh but so and then I wanted to ask, like, do you have do you have any, you know I almost said do you have any last words? <laughs> do you have any any final thoughts uh for for our audience? Any anything anything that we have not talked about that you would like to, you know, leave with them as a parting thought or, you know, anything like that? Not really. I mean, it's been a pretty intense discussion the whole whole time. Um, so intense. Well, like pretty pretty in depth uh, discussion. So I don't want to leave them with anything. Actually, look at, let, let, let's just do something fun to end. I want to I want to know like what sure. is it like really really underrated games or really really overrated games uh like just picks on, pick on some... the list ocarina of time yeah, on, 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 is on the list on the list okay. on the list no i, I just want to want to want to hear your thoughts i've definitely got a few that i'm just like i can't believe people don't know about this um what was the one that uh, josh mentioned before like it was Eternal actually darkness there, it was like, is a game that more people need to play but it's i get why people haven't because it's never going to get a remaster or a re-release, and it's stuck on the GameCube. So yeah, I've got a GameCube. I guess. And it's like a hundred dollars. It's like ninety dollars to oh buy that God, game. Okay. So, Maybe I can't, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna. This is this is this is my hot take. Yeah. Um. I think Grand Theft Auto Five is wildly, wildly overrated. Okay. I think all the Grand Theft Autos are wildly overrated. I really dislike. I, th- them I think Grand Theft Auto Five is okay i think the gameplay feels like trash i think it's i think it it is incredibly impressive the world that they have built and the number of systems that they have in the game but the fact that it does not feel good to move around to shoot it's like engage in that sort of thing and honestly i feel like the driving kind of sucks in those games too yeah like i also feel like they were written by like a 13 year old tarantino fan Like, <laughs> they just don't feel, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a fan of any of Rockstar's games. I've beat Red Dead Redemption twice to prove that I really dislike that game. So. Well, what about underrated? Is there anything that, uh, that should replace GTA five? Um, Sleeping dogs. Underrated. It's like Grand um, Theft Auto, but good. <laughs> 
Oh, if we're talking in the genre, then like. Well, not in the genre necessarily. Just whatever. Like, you know. <laughs> I, you know what? I, you, if we're gonna do hot takes, sure, I'll do a hot take. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that Watch Dogs is better. Okay. I really Fair dislike more. Watch Dogs. Real, real talk. I think that I, if you, if you wait, which one? Get, one or two? Picky. Uh, I liked one. I, I think two is better in every. I, in every I didn't play two, way. but I vehemently like dislike the first Watch Dogs. I played the me. hell out of that one. I, you know, I don't think I think it's kind of boilerplate, but like I think mechanically, I think it, yeah. it, it uh, the driving's better than GTA. <laughs> the shooting is better. It's got, you know, like a more talk interesting, about, like, you, oh, do these hacking things. Talk and about it, a lot it, of it, wasted uh, potential. You know, it was it. it was talking about, like, the surveillance state, which I think is something that people need to, st- like, mm-hmm. like, we just kind of forgot. It's kind of like co- the pandemic. It's like, oh, we just kind of ignore that this is a thing. It's like, no, the surveillance state is a big problem. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I another one I think is, is overrated is, I think Castlevania Symphony of the Night is overrated. Okay. But, uh. <laughs> I think I think people give and I, and I'll t- I'll tell you why I think Castlevania Symphony of the Night is overrated for the same reason I think Super Metroid is the best game of all time. People give Castlevania way too much credit for doing the thing that Metroid invented, right? Okay. And then Castlevania just kind of copied it and did. But they a, added gear and leveling, Brian. Yeah, which is not as cool. Like I don't, I don't know. I think that's way less cool than like getting the charge beam or the ice beam or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> let me see. Underrated. Let me let me go down here. Let me see. Let me see some stuff. We got to wrap. We got to wrap. Pick one. We do have to wrap. We do have to wrap. <laughs> uh, underrated. Disgaea. There you go. I think Disgaea is underrated. That's one of my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite games. It's in my top twenty. Okay. It's on my top 15, actually. I don't but, know what that uh, is, but okay. I it's, just... a, it's a strategy RPG from uh, Nippon Ichi Software. Okay. The original one was published by Atlas. Um, Disguise 7 is about to come out, actually. So. Okay. Uh, I, I, I really like that we've been able to discuss the list like in a really sort of in-depth way, but it, um, you can also just have fun with it. So I guess that's the whole point yeah. that, you know, just sure, like, sure. just to discuss it in a more lighthearted way. Um, for me, a couple of games that I think are incredibly underrated. Uh, one of them, my, my hot take is going to be getting over it with Bennett Foddy. That's like an easy shoe into the top hundred for me. Um, yeah. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It introduced a mechanic that no one has ever seen before. Um, and yeah. people mistook that for difficulty. Once you understand how the game works, it's actually not hard at all. But, um, yeah, uh, I had a lot one? of fun watching streamers play that game. It's oh, it's like so watching good! People get infuriated. It's hilarious. I got to a point and I just sort of like looked over the edge, and it like it was so hard to get there, and I just had to quit. I was like, I'm gonna fall, and I, I'm just not emotionally prepared for that at the moment. Like I've worked so hard, I I needed yeah. to like step away from it for a few hours, and like okay, now if I fall, I can take it. And you know, you you do fall. You just like ten seconds later, you're like back at the start, and you're working your way back up again. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I, I love that uh, artistically as well. Um, it's really good. Uh, another one, uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, everyone talks oh, about Mario Kart. One. I love Diddy Kong Racing. I do um, too. Except except the multiplayer. The multiplayer stinks. You can't you can't play multiplayer Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> the, the best person just wins every time. Um, so which is why Mario Kart is sort of a better like sort of party game. But yeah. um, uh, Diddy Kong Racing is absolutely amazing. I, I love that. I still play it. 
So there's, yeah, there's my two. There, there's some people. There's some people who really like, you know, crash, crash cart, uh, and crash but, team uh, racing. Yeah, crash team racing, CTR. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Diddy Kong Racing is uh, is very, very good. Well, Mario with, gets all the credit always, but you know, what's with rare at that time? They just couldn't make a bad game. You know? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, the Sega Kart um, Racer is also very good. Okay. <clears throat> oh, uh, Sonic All Stars Racing Transformed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's, that's, a, good, that's a good game. That's a good it really, really is. So do you have any Josh? All right. Is, is he is Josh given the the underrated and overrated or? Hmm. And have you given any underrated Josh, or overrated you games? Your, your overrated My underrated is is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Overrated. What's overrated? I'll 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 go with the Rockstar thing. I think Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. like is wildly overrated. It's not that great. <laughs> That's the cool. only Rockstar game I've ever beaten. I've beaten four, uh, Grand Theft Auto Four, and I've beat Red Dead Redemption One, and I've played almost all the Rockstar games. And let me tell you, I don't like a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite GTA is probably Chinatown Wars, but it's like totally different from mm. you know the other ones that I've played, like the 3D ones. But, anyways. We should we should get out of here and and let everybody you know we let James go, get get out of go his eat day. dinner, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, thank you everybody for joining us for episode two hundred and seventy of the Platformers. Um, you can watch us record at Twitch.tv/PlatformersPod, and you can check out the episode archive at YouTube.com/PlatformersPod. If you've got opinions, you can hit us up on Twitter at platformers pod, or you can hit us up uh, individually. You can find me on Twitter and backlogged at Ribnax R I B N A X. Josh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash Jawa Josh. And if you want to see all the cool video essay stuff I'm doing, you can go to youtube.com slash media is mythic. The bell video that I've been talking about for like months that went through all those like trials and tribulations with like broken audio is actually almost done. Like it might be done this week if all things go according to plan. And I swear to God, if YouTube like blocks it because I'm using parts of the soundtrack, I'm going to lose my mind and have to re-edit it and we'll see. (laughs) So you might get an inferior version of the final product, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, James, would you like uh, people to be able to find you? Uh, yeah, they can find me. They can uh, view my website at www.acclaimedvideogames.com. I have set up an email address. I will put it up there soon. Um, yeah, it'll be there. For now, you can't contact me, but um, you will be able to very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't contact me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, again, James, thank you so much for, uh, for agreeing to come on the show and talk about the site. I think, I think it's a fascinating undertaking. Uh, congratulations on the launch. And, thank you. And uh, may this prompt uh, many more discussions in the future. Yeah, I, I hope so. Thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it's been a blast. Uh, from everybody here at The Platformers, we thank you for tuning in. We hope you have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Until next time, we are out.